<gasps> Look, it even did a little hashtag pride for us. How cute. It looks just like our drink. That's so cute. It's so cute. Mm. Oh, we love the gays. Mm -hmm. Okay, that looks no, much don't. better. Okay. We are recording. Oh, we're on. Hello. Ooh. I'm just like scrolling through the comments on our uh, most recent cocktails with crayons. My mom said, I want one. Did she? Yeah. I love that. Kathy, just for you, we'll make you one. That's it's what cute. I should do for the 4th of July. 4th of July? You could use blue curacao. No, I want to make the gay one. Oh, okay. I don't give a fuck about America. Thank you, me too. <laughs> None of us Just make the American. gay one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yells is Canadians. We could do maraschino cherry juice. Straight vodka. Straight vodka and Prosecco. <laughs> a little tiny layer of maraschino cherry juice. <laughs> Just it. More Prosecco vodka. <laughs> and then a bunch of maraschino cherry juice on it. You put maple syrup in there somewhere. Sure. Just for fun. <laughs> in the maraschino cherry juice. To make it a little bit more dark red. Well, you can call you can call it maraschino syrup. So that it's uh, syrup still. You know, like the maple flag. Um, I loved going to IHOP when I was a kid because they had four different flavors of syrup. Oh, my God. They used to have, what, strawberry, blueberry, regular syrup, and... It was like pecan something. Yeah. Like a honey pecan kind of thing. I was No, it was a pecan. That was before they turned to IHOP, right? Yeah. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> no, I want pancakes. I want pancakes. I remember those one time. I don't remember why. I think it was my older brother was like... I don't, it was, because we used to go to my grandparents' houses and we, like, whenever my parents would go out of town or anything like that, and we always decided, like, what we'd want to go out to eat with, because my grandpa liked to go out to eat all the time. And like okay, to treat hold us on, to go before out. you finish the story, IHOP, Waffle House. I've never been to Waffle House. Garbage. <laughs> Waffle House is, like, <laughs> the down in the gutter, dirty. I know. <laughs> they cook their waffles on the floor. Yeah. But and they taste good. great. That's <laughs> what so people always tell me. Like, if you've never been to a Waffle House, like when you're wasted or messed up at three o'clock in the morning, and that's the only thing that's open, and some sweet lady comes up and says, "How can I help you, baby?" Yeah. <laughs> then you have not lived. It's IHOP, but break all the windows, <laughs> and there's no host. You, you just, just show find up. Find a seat if you can. <laughs> the chef yells in the back. What do you what want? Do you want? <laughs> I'm burning sausage back here. Do you, say, do you have not the sausage? Do you have a menu, sir? No. You've had breakfast before. You know what's available. Just order something breakfasty. Do you have tacos? Get out. Get out. <laughs> no, I've never been to a Waffle House, but my older brother made us go to. This is the first time ever that I've ever been to an IHOP. I think the only time that I've ever been to an IHOP that we did not go during breakfast or like during a time to get breakfast. Cause like I've been oh, at like my, as a family, we fully have gone for dinner. Before oh, did you? Gotten breakfast foods. What oh, are you I talking that. about? Okay. That's smart. As long I as you got breakfast, breakfast food when you went, my brother went and like got a burger and I was like, I want pancakes. <laughs> and I just yep. got like the stacks on stacks on stacks. And this was back when I was a kid and was surprisingly skinny. Uh, and I would just like eat and it would just go into like a pit in my leg somewhere. Cause the, I don't know how I ate that much food, but I did. And then I turned out this way. So oh, it all went to your head. Big head. Got a big head. My forehead. <laughs> it's my brain. It's all in there. Classic. <laughs> it's mostly fluid. <laughs> it's barely fluid. It's, it's literally just a nut. It shakes back and forth. <laughs> you hear that maraca? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. That's my brain. <laughs> Thank God we have props. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when you get like one of those like little, what do they call? Carabas? Carabas? 
That's a restaurant. Me? That is a restaurant. <laughs> Car- Caracas? No, that's a place. <laughs> no, Maracas. Oh, Castanets? Castanets, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> First you went with uh, Caracas, which is the capital of Venezuela. Uh, and then what was the other one? No, the first one, what did I say it was? I don't even remember. Oh, Carabas. Carabas is a restaurant. Carabas, Caracas. Caracas. Capital of Venezuela. <laughs> and you meant Castanets. So close. But if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, Carabas, we are proud to We will gladly accept your donations. Also, Castanets. If you've got some Castanets that you want to give if us, If you want to sell them. Castanets to us, we will gladly take them. I prefer mannequin fingers or baby hands, <laughs> but I will take Castanets. Just like tapping. <laughs> well, you can put doll hands on your thumb and forefinger and then play the castanets. That would be hard to do. You, oh, you could do like the katya, like the little tiny hands. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take those and put them in. Just click, 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 click. Well, castanets are like this. Yeah, no, but isn't like a little table thing? What no. am I thinking? There's a. Harpsichord? No. Xylophone. No, there's something that starts with a C that's similar to castanets that like you, they're like set in a little thing. Like a little, almost like a little tray. There's a few of them. They look like little clams. Excuse me. <laughs> what? I don't. I didn't play percussion. Club. What? It's called a strip club. Okay, that's clams. They don't really make that much. Oh yeah, they make sound. <laughs> Bye. Mamadi. Let's hear it for Thomas and Kennedy. <laughs> woo woo! Yeah. You want some? Yeah, no. <laughs> Always good for baked bones. We're talking. If we're talking about baked bones. We might as well talk about. We might as well talk bones. about baked bones. Are you ready for this? Yes. A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. While we are growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there is a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. And if you are a dog parent, you probably already know that your dog, uh, your pup, is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our own stress in any way that we can. But what about the anxiety that we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. Baked Bones. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief for your anxious pup. Check out BakedBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all, on all orders over $25, and you can save 15% now with promo code SPOOPY15. SPOOPY15. S-P-O-O-P-Y-1-5. Baked Bones is LGBTQ owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the United States. Baked Bones. Wow. <laughs> we made our own little jingle for them. How cute. Well, I mean... The gays always make the best jingles. We do. That's why we're in creative fields. That's why we're all artists. That's why we're all doctors. I don't know why that has anything to do with it, but it... it creative surgeries. It, yeah, there you go. Hey, you creative don't solutions. like uh, your toes? Let's make them into fingers. No, there's no elective surgeries right now in Houston, so... Well, hold on. Hold on. But we'll get it done eventually. <laughs> It'll happen. Just put it on the waiting list. If you want to come to my house, it's not exactly <laughs> safe, but we'll figure out a way to reroute your mouth. Just call Kennedy. Butt. Kennedy, we can get your toes taken off. <laughs> get that fucking shit away from me. <laughs> He's been uh, 
very calm with the baked bones, but I took a nap today because I didn't sleep well last night. Me neither. A bitch is panicked. Oh, yeah. Um, Anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just woke up early this morning. Uh, yeah, I woke up early this morning, too, at 4 a.m. Um, I woke I up at 6.45, but that was because I woke up to make Savannah breakfast because I'm an amazing houseboy. I mean, roommate. Houseboy fits a lot. Honestly, it really does. <laughs> and it's not even a good houseboy. You don't even get sex out of it. No, I don't want sex out of it from her. Hey, or anyone in the house, actually. Her jackhammer dildo on you. <laughs> the jackhammer 9000 <laughs> blows the circuit every single time. <laughs> jackhammer 9000 is not responsible for any power failures in the city. Is that a brownout? No, that's just Savannah. <laughs> I feel like the air conditioning just stops. <laughs> also, the lights are off. Hmm. Savannah. Savannah, are you doing that again? And upstairs, you hear. Gung, 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 gung. Gross. <laughs> Savannah, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> no, sexual experimentation and pleasure is important for everyone of all um genders so please <laughs> enjoy Girl, yourself you go jackhammer <laughs> your lady bits hey she's in construction jackhammer your lady bits <laughs> i don't know Just if that's an appropriate title for this episode <laughs> beat them to hell exit out of my file uh anyways a chow anyways <laughs> have you seen all the memes where people are like <laughs> i didn't know there was a country named chow <laughs> yes <laughs> i saw the name chili the other day and i was like chow. Chow. <laughs> that's a fucking country <laughs> girl this one is from chow <laughs> Caracas. Caracas from Chow. Oh, girl. Oh, man. Okay. Whew. That was a good time. That was a good time. <laughs> okay. Dear Jada Essence Hall, thank you. Chow, 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 thank you. Yeah, honestly. The winner of season 12. Well, everybody was already saying it, but she was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm making it real. This is mine. To be real. <laughs> to be real. Oh, it's Pride Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, y'all. Yeah, tell me. Uh, well, uh, the L-Tags podcast did their uh, Pride Playlist. Pride Playlist. Pride, play- pride Playlist. What is the top on your Pride Playlist? The top on my Pride Playlist. Um, Number one know. song that makes you feel pride. I don't know. For some reason, the song Cut to the Feeling by Carly Rae Jepsen gets I me had every single time. I had a Carly Rae Jepsen did you well. too? That's like, because I really think it goes down to like Mike. What's his name? Mike Kanemura, the guy who Mark Kanemura, not Mike, the guy who originally like came out with like the pulling off the wigs and like did the yes. million. Like every single time I hear that song, I cannot think of anything other than him dancing in his underwear, pulling off seven different wigs, yes. and just like living his fucking best life as Pride. And he came out with that with like three years ago. Then he started doing that. Um, so that 
has to be one of my like my top for a pride playlist. That's a yeah. really good one. I was gonna say uh, <clears throat> either uh, uh, shit. I just forgot which one I was thinking of, but it was a Carly Rae Jepsen song. Okay. <laughs> Boom, run away with me. Oh, that's a good one too. But you also just love that song. I also just love Carly Rae Jepsen. That, that also as well. Julian. But she loves the gays, and she also likes... She loves the gays! She did a, a collaboration with Mark Kinemura, the guy that I just talked about. The, I don't remember what they were doing, but they oh, they made a playlist together. She starred in Toronto Pride last year. Well, there you go. She's She loves the gays. That's what she does, okay? Okay. okay. Occupation. Loves the gays. Loves the gays. Gets paid lots and lots of money. To love the gays. I'm so rich. What's that from? It's uh, come on. Lots and lots of money. Make if you have to ask, so it costs too much for you, or whatever she says. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford, can't afford it. it. Who's it from? Come on, Is name that. Alaska. Alaska. Red? Yeah. Red. Whenever she does the. Are you red? Oh, well, that might me? be a mix mixture of that too. But I think I was talking mostly about the tape. She said it costs oh, lots yeah. and lots of money. Yeah. I'm so rich, and she like fans herself with dollar bills. Clever. Uh, she is so just clever. So on point. <clears throat> the true thief of All Stars too. But she deserved to win still. Even though she had her little little <laughs> little moment, she still deserved to win. Anyways, we're not talking about Rupee Podcast because that's a different uh, podcast. If you want to listen to our Rupee Podcast, you should listen. You should have already listened to it by now, okay? Binge. It's already been done. Yeah, but Menon had hers is. What? Yep. <laughs> That's what I said. I've had a couple of these drinks already, so. You look <laughs> wasted. <laughs> you want to talk about some spoopy things? Let's talk about some spoopy. Let's get into drunk history. I mean, let's get into spoopy podcast. <laughs> let's get into drunk murder. I mean. <laughs> what? What? Uh, not, we're not wait, doing the murders. We're did we decide going. who went first? No. You go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so today, I've actually got a twofer for you. A twofer? A twofer. I've got a twofer. Uh, these actually. E-R. Yes. These actually happened very, like, very much at the same time, actually, which also intrigued me, and I did not mean to for that to happen. Um, I've actually been going down, like, the list of, like, worst murders in every state. Oh. <laughs> as, like... As, people, as, as one does. As a little bit of inspiration. And so today we're going to talk about, because I talked about Honolulu, Hawaii last week. Then I'm going to go backwards. Um, and Alaska. Del- we already talked about Alaska. We did uh, Mark, uh, or not Rob, Robert uh, Hankin. What was his name? Robert. Oh yeah, with the planes. Mm-hmm. Robert, mm. the but Robert Hansen, uh, the butcher baker. Yes, with the. Oh, so we're gonna go to the first state. That is the first state. Alaska is not the first state. You said Delaware. We're going to the first state. Delaware. Oh, like the first ever state. Yes. Gotcha. I was like in the alphabet. I was like, that's not the first state. It's uh, Arkansas. What? Anyways, Arkansas. Ar- 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 no, it's not. It's Georgia. Alaska, Alabama. <laughs> Bama? Alabama. Is that right? Alaska. Alabama's first. Yeah. Anyways, so we're actually going to um, Delaware, and then we're also doing Indiana. So I jumped around a little bit, but... Oh, no. Somebody murdered corn in Indiana. Corn! Yes. Um, So let me go ahead and start with Cordelia Botkin in oh, Delaware. Oh my god, I love that name. Cordelia Botkin. Cordelia. There's some good names in here. There's some good names so in here. So good! Um, so she was actually born in Missouri in 18... What? Oh, did you look that way? I was just saying hi to the ghost. 
um, was born in Missouri of 1854, and little is known about her early life. So we're going to go ahead and fast forward to when she moved to California to marry her husband. Welcome, Botkin. Welcome? Welcome. Like W-E-L-C-O-M-E. Yep. yep. Welcome. Welcome, Botkin. <laughs> is he uh, an immigrant of some sort where they were just came and they were like, that's a I good word. I love that. I don't know. I, I don't this know. kid's welcome. I don't even know if she met her husband in California or if they just moved together to California. But either way, they were in California when they got married. Um, his welcome, name is Welcome. Botkin. Welcome, Botkin. Um, and they had... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Welcome, welcome. Botkin. <laughs> welcome to the stage. Welcome. <laughs> what? Welcome, Botkin. Anyways, uh, welcome... Uh, she, so you know that she married welcome botkin and then they had she had one son with him uh so we're a little early on but y'all ready for a twist <laughs> oh give us a twist it's a woman it's a woman uh so in 19 uh, uh that's a long jump uh 1895 <laughs> 100 years yeah in 1895 when she was 41 cordelia botkin met a man nine years younger than her sexy which i guess at the time older women engaging with younger men was question mark Oh, was it was like confusing? Not yeah, done. not a, not a thing. Because yeah. you're supposed to get married at 14, have all your babies by 20, die at 25. She only had one baby, so that's or at least what according to this. Uh, anyways, his name was uh, John Preston Duncan. No, not Duncan. Dunning. I was like, man, I wanted yeah. I wanted him to have three or three first names. Those are my favorite. Not really. I hate them, but <laughs> why not? Um, but I he have three last names. Yeah, you do, Spencer. Alexander. Not Alexander's first name. Give me a last name. There's people Alexanders. I have three last names. I don't don't know. Whatever. Uh, But surprise, John Preston Dunning was also married. Um, But yet he was quite smitten with her. I love that word. I love smitten. (laughs) How does one smit? Uh, I uh, (laughs) I just rubbed my nose in it. (laughs) Is that you? Smitten. Smitten? Uh So he was like just... She was like, "I love that." I do say, "What? What did? What did people sound like in California in 1895?" Um, I do before, declare. Before and before, born before and after 1940, to me sounds like somebody from 1940. Yeah. Honestly, honey, what are you doing? Chicago, in just That's like so amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, you just get me a motorboat, son. I've got a lot. I've got some <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> Keep <laughs> My grandparents were both born before 1940. That's they what didn't. they sound like. They probably do. <laughs> no, they don't. Not my grandmother does. <laughs> hey, it's so good to see so you. Welcome to, see to my Spencer. home, grandson. <laughs> so welcome to my they, home. <laughs> they turned from 1940s into 1970s Paul Lind on the Magic Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, uh, sometimes I get her to butter my muffin. <laughs> you know about that, do you? <laughs> Stupid. Oh, man. Um, so, where was I? Oh, yeah. So he was married, but he was enjoying her, smitten with her. Uh, so Dunning was a high... Highly regarded reporter for the Associated Press, having had overseas assignments in Samoa and Chow, Chow, <laughs> and Chile, uh, and had even been promoted to superintendent of the Associated Press in Press's Western Bureau in San Francisco. God, that's a mouthful. Superintendent, that's a title. Superintendent of Associated Press's Western Bureau in San Francisco. Yep. Yep. Um, so then, oh my God. And then, 
1896. I put 1986. <laughs> in 1896. <laughs> start on the golden curls. Yeah. In 1896, Dunning's wife, Mary Elizabeth Pennington Dunning. <laughs> That's four names. Um, she was upset with her husband's marital indiscretions uh, and moved herself and her daughter back to Dover, Delaware, to the home of her father, a former congressman. <gasps> Joe Biden. No. Well, basically, he's probably born around this time. Uh <laughs> Are you saying that he's elderly? Yes. Uh, By this point, Cordelia Botkin had become Dunning's lover and constant companion. Botkin did not live with her husband, uh, who worked as a grain broker in Stockton. So welcome, uh, Botkin. He lived in Stockton, California, but he would regularly send her payments? So I guess he didn't know that she was having an intense love affair with any... Where is Stockton at? Let me Google that real fast. Well, she out. lives where in Dover? Uh, no, and uh, um, no, that's the Dun- Dunning's wife, oh, ex-wife. Okay. Uh, at this point, ex-wife. Well, I guess in divorce, moved to Dover. So his well, he wife. was probably just traveling a lot and didn't live at home often. People used to have like apartments in the city, and they'd live in the country. That's true. Where is it at? Give me map, maps, maps, maps. All we need is maps, map, map, maps. I don't. Localities of California podcast. Uh, Napa. Uh, oh, this is actually, it's close to San Francisco, but I guess in before, well, cars are doing something right now. Um, in the 1800s? The late 1800s? No, girl. Yes, they were. They had some, but it wasn't like a commonplace thing. Mm. They're rich in California. You never know. Okay. In like the 1890s is when they started having them like on the roads. Did you know you could be like 13 and drive a car? You didn't even have to have it. Yeah. Have to be you also didn't have to, ha- you didn't have to have lights back then or seatbelts. No. There was like nothing required for cars. Also, if you got to a stop sign with another, or there was no stop signs. There was no In stop an sign. intersection with another car, you were just like, it's my turn, bitch. Uh-huh. And then just. I do that now. People did that today to me. Yep. So we popped our Prosecco all over my fucking right? kit. Fuck my car. Fuck my Prosecco. Just went all over the fucking floorboard. Anyways, ciao. Um, so, I didn't even drink whenever I was trying to sip this. Mm, mm. I love that you're still picking the drink up. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my arm is heavy. Uh, so, by this one, oh, yeah, okay. By can, oh, sending her regular payments today. Okay, yeah. So, we just determined that Stockton, California is outside of San Francisco. Uh, so, back then, uh, in 1896, apparently, they did not have as many cars as I imagined them to. So, cars this is. Cars this is. So, they um, walked. There was a lot of walking or horses. Um, horses. Horses. Uh, so, Dunning was a heavy drinker. So, her lover, uh, not her husband. Dunning was a heavy drinker and ended up being fired from the Associated Press when they found out that he embezzled $4,000 to pay his gambling debt. Um, okay, Google. How much was $4,000 in 1896? No. Sorry, I don't understand. That's fine. Okay, Google. How much in today's money would be $4,000 from 1896? That was not English. Here's a summary from the website in 2013dollars.com. $4,000 in 1895 is equivalent in purchasing power to about $122,092.38 in 2020. That's a lot. Okay, Google, stop. <laughs> that, 
She's just going to keep going. A penny is uh, the lowest form of currency. <laughs> it stars Abraham Lincoln and has some ridges on the side. It's made out of copper. The nickel. <laughs> uh, so... What she just said, if you couldn't hear on the podcast, that $4,000 was essentially $122,000 worth. That's a lot of fucking money. Um, so he embezzled a lot of money in gambling. Uh, so he was a fired, a fired uh, from his subsequent jobs. No, he, so he was fired from Associated Press. And then he got more jobs. So he got a job in the like a San Francisco, San Francisco newspaper and also a Salt Lake City newspaper. But it never said that he moved to Salt Lake City. So it was like, how... Were you reporting? He writes a letter. I guess so. He's like, oh, just send me whatever what happened. And I'll just write it, write it up for you guys real fast. Let me tell you about what's going on in California. <laughs> Let right me now. tell you, California and Salt Lake City. Um, so then he was fired from both of those jobs for heavy drinking and then moved into Botkin's hotel room with her. Uh, so once again, if the husband is like backtracking back and forth between Stockton and uh, the other, the San, I assume downtown San Francisco, how... How does he still not know about this man? He hides in the closet whenever <clears throat> he comes home. Hiding in the closet? Mm-hmm. Um, so the affair apparently lasted for three years until Dunning was rehired in March of 1898 as the lead reporter to cover what would become the Spanish-American War. When he left San Francisco, he told the weeping Botkin that he would not return. Uh, he then reconciled with his wife in Delaware before leaving for Cuba, where he ended up saving survivors of Spanish battleships that sunk at the Battle of Santiago de Cuba uh, in 19... Or, in Ju- what the fuck? In July 2nd of 1898. Um, you would think that that would be the end of it all, right? No. No! This is, our, this is the R... I put the... This is the R spoopy podcast, okay? We've got to talk about something oh. scary here. Um... So, we also have to put the in front of the, everything. Exactly. This is the R Spoopy Podcast. Uh, Cordelia Botkin then began sending anonymous letters uh, t- taunting Mary Elizabeth Dunning in Delaware, detailing her husband's affairs. So she was like, hey, bitch, suck your <laughs> husband's dick. Like, what's up, bitch? I mean, she didn't say that. But, <laughs> you know, she said it in 1898 speak. <laughs> I placed my mouth on his sex. <laughs> <laughs> the skin flute. What's good? <laughs> skin flute? What the fuck? <laughs> skin uh, pipe organ. The Jackhammer 9000. Wait, I forgot. <laughs> Jackhammer 9000. <laughs> <laughs> I put my mouth on it. Uh, now they're Christopher Walken. <laughs> now, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, so then on August 9th of 1898, <clears throat> excuse me, Elizabeth and her sister opened boxes of chocolates that were addressed to them with a note that read, With love to yourself and baby. Bebe. Bebe. Uh, having taken at least three cho- uh, candies for herself, she shared the rest with others on her front porch. After two days of agony, her and her older sister died of arsenic poisoning. I love that people in the 1800s were like, candy from a stranger? I got a random box of chocolates. How cute. But Thomas buys one for me, and I'm like, what store did you get it at? Who touched this? Was it plastic wrapped before you did it? Did you you touch this? Did someone else touch this? Don't take any candy from strangers. Okay. Don't do it. There's razor blades in those apples. Oh, my God. Didn't we already do a podcast about this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Pixie sticks filled with... uh, Poison. Potassium chloride. <laughs> Potassium cyanide. Cyanide. <clears throat> Potassium chloride. What is that? That's just like salt. It's a kind of salt. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good one. Well, you can use it as salt. 
on your table food? No, it's not table salt. I don't fucking know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I am. Um, anyways, so four other the four others that had sampled these chocolates had gotten sick, but they survived. Um, Elizabeth's father. The, they were like, only one person. And she just, was like, fuck you. Like, I'm not eat all, all these chocolates, bitch. bitch. <laughs> uh, so the Elizabeth's father had remarked that the handwriting was similar. So the ex a former congressman reported that the handwriting was similar to the anonymous taunting letters that he had kept. Uh, and they were somehow, somehow able to trace the chocolates back to the candy shop in San Francisco and then to pot to Botkin. Bitch. You can't figure out when people go missing when they move a town over, but you can somehow figure out that the chocolates in Delaware came from a candy shop in San Francisco. Bitch, how? Maybe there was like a label on the box or something. Maybe. I don't think the U.S. Post. <laughs> I don't think the U.S. Postal Service was that. No, I mean like if it's a bo- Whitman sampler, it's from Whitman's whatever that is. How did they even is. get it from California all the way over there back then? Uh, horse. <laughs> horse. <laughs> A train. <laughs> oh, train. You're right. Trains. The Transcontinental rail- Railroad happened by, be, before this point. Yeah, I call it the TRR. But <laughs> but you can say the same thing. <laughs> you, can, you can spell it out for us. <clears throat> so then they... But, okay, I just think back to the murder house in Chicago. This was in, That was in the 1890s, right? Mm-hmm. Bitch, people kept on disappearing. How did you know, not know that people were going to this person's house and just, like, dying? Because they never said, told people where they would stay. Ugh. <sighs> Listen, always tell people where you're going and don't take candy from strangers. Obviously, don't take chocolate out of the fucking mail. Um, Unless it's from Jobin's Candy Shop. (laughs) Botkin was tried and persecuted in the murder murder trial. Uh, No, no. Botkin was convicted in December of 1989. What? 1898. God, am I dyslexic? 1989. It's happening. Yeah. Two years. Honestly, 150 years after she was born. Uh, No, 1898, but she appealed and was retried on April 30th of 1904. So six years went by after this fucking happened before she was actually like, something needs to happen to you. So she was sentenced to life imprisonment, and then she died in 1910. John Dunning had his career destroyed again by the revelations and then died in 1908 1908 two years prior than she did so these people were not old when they died she had to been she was born in what 1950 or what fuck can i not get the years right 1854 so she was 46 56 she was 56 she lived through the civil war yeah and he was nine years younger than her so that means that he was 47 so she was 56, he was 47. They both died. What the fuck? Yep. Bitch, what the fuck? Um, anyways. Ciao. So then speaking of women killers that are badass bitches that are just going out there and killing people, let's talk about Belle Gunness. You ready? I've heard of Belle Gunness. Have you? Mm-hmm. Well, we're about to talk about Belle Gunness. Uh, her name is actually... <laughs> Brynhild Paulsdatter Sorset. I'm sorry? Brynhild. Brynhild? Maybe Brynhilde. B-R-U-N... B R Y N H I L D. Brynhild. 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 Paul's data. Paul with an S D A T T E R. Paul's data. Data. Sourcet. Sourcen? Sourcet. Sourcet. Wow. She's German. She's Norwish. Norwegian. 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 Nordic. 
she Nordic? from Norway? Nor- Norway, yeah. She's Norwegian. Norwegian? Nordic. Norwegian? Norwegian. Nordic, Nordic. can be Swedish, Norway, or Finland. That's racist. So then she was born in Selbu, Norway. <laughs> Selbu. In 1859 and then moved to the United States in 1881. Uh, some strange activity started very soon after uh, when she married her husband, Mads Sorensen. Sorensen. He's an N. He's crazy. Mads. Mads. He's so Mads. He's like Mads like plural. Come back now. Yeah. Mads. Yo, Mads. Yo, Mads. What's up? Uh, Mads Sorison in 1884. Uh, they both opened a candy store in Laporte, Indiana. Oh. <laughs> you were like, <gasps> Texas? Texas? <laughs> Laporte, Texas Indiana, podcast. which mysteriously burned to the ground. The whole city? Uh, n- no, not, not Laporte. Just a candy shop. Oh. Uh, and then followed by their farmhouse soon after burning to the ground. Arson. With both instances ground, granting insurance payouts. Sorensen had two life insurance policies as one was expiring and the other one was beginning, both overlapping on the date, July 30th of 1890. Guess what happened on July 30th of 1890? He the fucking died. Oh. <laughs> the insurance building burned down. Nope, he fucking died. Uh, so it was on this day that Sorensen died of brain hemorrhaging. Hem- why, is there a, why is there a B in there? Hembridging. Uh, Gunnis, his wife, claimed that he had come home with a headache that day and that she had given him some quinine for the pain. When she checked on him you later... quinine for pain back then? The 1890s. Shit. Why not? Every time we go to the bar, we get quinine. We get... Uh, no, that's... Gin and Sonic. Is quinine in there? Yes. Oh, that it, there's a, I thought it starts with an S. Anyways, so he... I thought it was like silver quinine. It doesn't matter. So it was on this day that... Oh, I already said that. Gunnis and his wife... or Gunnis, his wife... Cl- cl- what am I saying? Bell Gunnis. Bell Gunnis. <laughs> claimed that he had come home with a headache that day and that she'd given him some quinine for the pain. I said that already. Uh, when she checked, him, checked on him later, he was dead. She then collected payment from both the expiring life insurance and the insurance that had just started that day. She knew it was happening and she planned for it and fucking killed him. Um, so then Belle Gunness then married Peter Gunness in 1901. So that's where she actually gets her last name from. Uh, Peter then died eight months later after Belle had claimed he was reaching for an item on a high shelf and the meat grinder had fallen on him and crushed his skull. Uh, his death was ruled an accident. The meat grinder. Yeah. So then on April 28th... Y'all just got a meat grinder in your house? Yeah, exactly. What is this, a butchery? Yeah, for real. Um, well... We'll get there. Um, but you ready for a plot twist again? Mm-hmm. So then on April 28th of 1908, a, fi- a large fire had broken out at Bell Gunness's farmhouse, which was led which led to the discovery of bodies believed to be Bell Gunness and her children. Laporte police officers were then contacted by a man named uh, Azle, A-S-L-E. Azle. Osle. I don't know. Azle. Azle Helgelian. Uh, who Ooh, that's a good last name. Helgelian? That's a strong. Cordelia, that's Helgelian. a strong last name. That's a that's a devil worshiping. I'm gonna Witch. stab you. Name. Yeah, why not? Uh, Azel Helgelian, uh, who had found correspondence between his brother and Bell Gunnis after searching through his stuff. Gunnis had written him love letters asking him to relocate to Laporte, bring money, and to keep the move a complete secret. Azel visited the Gunnis farm with a uh, with a former hired hand, where they discovered quote, soft depressions in the pig pen. 
After digging at the depression, a sack was discovered containing two hands, two feet, and a head, which Azel determined to be that of his brother Andrew. Investigators then inspected the site, finding dozens of these depressions across the property containing torsos and hands, arms hacked from the shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly. Um, yeah, disgusting. Um, all of the bodies were found with similar butchering. The body decapitated, uh, the arms removed at the shoulders, and the legs severed at the knees. Blunt trauma and gashes were also found on the skulls that had been separated from the bodies, which means that she probably knocked them out or killed them by slamming them against the head and then chopped them up. Uh, after finding five bodies on the first day and six on the second, police stopped counting. The original perceptions, as reported in the newspapers of Belle Gunnis, as a praiseworthy woman who died in a fire that consumed her house while trying to save her children, was quickly reassessed. <laughs> When they were like, yeah, but why would you stop counting? Exactly. Well, well, we had this question in the 1970s whenever the the police stopped counting after 28 for the Candyman murders. Yeah. So there could have been a lot more than that, but 28 uh, was the like 30,000 bones in here. But I'm I'm where yeah we're we're only gonna just say 11 here, okay? Um, yeah. So despite the wise news coverage and the initial success in identifying Andrew Helgelian, Lord, that name, um, many other families with men who had gone missing were not able to identify, uh, anything from the bodies because at that point, the most recent death was that of Andrew Helgelian. Uh, so all the rest of them by that, by that point had been quite decomposed. So being able bones. to, yeah, they were bones. Um, Cindy, this is bones, this girl. Is, <laughs> Cindy, TV is leaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so there was an estimate in the area around Indiana and Illinois that this, I guess, Laporte is on the border between the two of them. Um, they had about forty to fifty men that went missing. So they think that she killed like forty to fifty people. Um, so in November of 1908, Ray Lamphere, which is Gunnis's hired hand, so the guy who went and helped Azel. A Helgelian earlier, uh, an on and off lover, uh, was con Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop that. Was convicted of arson in connection with the farmhouse fire. Lamphere uh, later, Lamphere later confesses that Gunnis would uh, place advertisements seeking male companionship, uh, only to murder and rob them when they would sub. What is happening to me? Am I having a stroke again? Um, Call a doctor! <laughs> Call a doctor now! I'm smelling toast! Uh, she would. Oh, that's just the toast I'm making. Oh, gotcha. Uh, she would murder and rob them when they would subsequently visit her farm. Period. Uh, she also stated that Gunnis. He. What is happening? He also stated that Gunnis had ordered him to burn down the house with her children in it and asserted the body. Uh, believed to be hers was actually one of the murder victims chosen and planted to mislead investigators. So she's still out there. So this plan had been put into action because one of the brothers of one of her victims, most likely Andrew Helgelian's brother, Azel, uh, had warned her that he would visit her farm shortly to investigate the disappearance of his brother because he had found those letters between the two of them. Later, a second account, a document from a reverend, uh, what? A document from a reverend, that he had documented Lamphere's confession. Anyway, apparently Lamphere went and confessed to this uh, reverend, and the reverend was like, I'm going to write this all down. And he wrote it all down. <laughs> Yo, I know how this is supposed to be, uh, like, uh, shit, what's that word? Confidential? Con yeah. But uh, I'm gonna write not, this not down. murder, though. Not yeah, murder, though. but apparently it took a lot of um, work to get this reverend to release this, because I don't know how the, they found out the, the reverend had this information, but the reverend was, they, like, 
they, the, the press worked on this reverend to get... Because well, I'm sure he was just like, I know something. But it, I'm it not going to tell you I what. I say. <laughs> it's a covenant between me and God. I feel like they're in Indiana in the 1890s. I feel like they have a thick Southern accent, no? Mm-mm. No? I don't know. I don't know anything about accents. Indiana's not even in the South. So? They're in the middle of nowhere. They've got that Midwestern accent. Oh, that. no, I can't do that, but it's against the covenant of God. That's just Canadian. No, similar. <laughs> similar. So in the confession, Lamphere said that he had killed Mrs. Gunnis and her children with an axe, sprinkled the bodies with kerosene, and set fire to them in the house. Uh, it gave details of the slaying and told of his part in the former murders which occurred on the Gunnis farm, his task usually being to bury the bodies uh, in the garden. The essential fact, however, was that the murderess was not alive as a fugitive. It is still historical mystery whether she's actually, whether or not she was actually murdered, slash killed in the fire, or if she ran free after the murders. Uh, but there were reported, reported sightings of her in Chicago, but none of the investigated sightings led to anything or any arrests. The Gunnis Farm became a tourist attraction, with spectators coming from across the country to see the mass graves, and concessions and souvenirs were sold. Oh. I love that. It's very similar to um, Ed Ed Gein, Ed Gein, however Gein. we decided to say his name. Uh, where, uh, it's Gein. Where they decided they wanted to turn that into a tourist attraction too. So, uh, yeah, isn't that the story? That's story of two murderers. So uh, the basically the the um, epitome of this entire story, I have to say, is bitches be cray. So hey. <laughs> hey, don't go after a lady if you don't know what she's going to do. Oh hell yeah. Because they be crazy. They are crazy. Isn't that crazy? Those That's are some crazy. good stories, right? That was Delaware and Indiana girls. Delaware. Delaware. Anyways, you want to tell me about some spooky stuff? Uh, I do. I do. I do. I do. I wanted to talk about uh, mysterious disappearances. Um, but one that I think should be uh, brought to attention. Because it's a theme that I sense that we should... Uh, Are you going to talk about something here in Texas? No. Ask upon society to change. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the disappearance of Asha or Asha Degree. I've not heard of this. So uh, Asha Degree was born uh, on August 5th, 1990 in Shelby, North Carolina to Harold and Akilah Degree. She lived in a residential subdivision of Northern Shelby, close to the Charlotte metro area. Uh, she had an older brother, O'Brien, and both went to a school at the nearby Falston Elementary. School. School. <laughs> uh, Harold and Akilah were both fully employed, and consequently, Aisha and O'Brien were latchkey kids, and they let themselves in after school all the time. Yeah. Um, for all intents and purposes, the kids lived a... Oh, dang. Do you know that I used to think that it was intensive purposes? Like, intensive, with a, like, S-I-V-E? These are very... <laughs> Very important they, These are important purposes. I had literally in college, I think actually even more recent than college, after college, I realized that it was not, because I never wrote it down. I never had any reason to write intents and purposes. And then I learned that it was intents and purposes. And I always, always thought it was intensive purposes. Always. Intense, like inside of a tent. Yeah. And porpoises. Por- like like a, a sea mammal. Yeah. Yeah. Intents and porpoises. Yeah. Intents and porpoises. Yep. Yes. I did not know that. So that's just a little side fact of how stupid I am. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bitch. <laughs> Dot B. Dot B. 
Uh, the degrees lived uh, lives revol- lives lives lives. <laughs> Their lives revolved around the extended family and the church. Uh, they also did not have a computer in the house. That's not uncommon. It's two thousand. Uh, but her mother was quoted in a Jet interview saying, "Quote: Every time you turned on the TV, there was some pedophile who had just lured somebody's child away via the internet." Uh, oh, I almost talked about a pedophile today too, instead of what I talked about. Anyways, continue. Oh. <laughs> this isn't about. Well, it could be. Could be. Could be. Uh, for the most part, Asia responded well to the limits set by her parents. She was always cautious and shy. Um, her mother even noted that she was terrified of dogs and would go out of her way to avoid them. Um, she was in the fourth grade. Uh, her school was going into a three-day weekend. Oh, my God. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Can you hear it? Wow. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Bubbly. Yes. Oh, that's good. Got to add our bubbles in there. Um, they were going on a three-day weekend for the second week of February 2000. These kids got Valentine's Day off for some reason. Uh, there's a holiday around there. There's Martin Luther King Day in January, and there's another one in February. President's Day? I think so. It's, I think it's President's Day. Hey, Google, when's President's Day? Monday, February 15, Yes. Ah, uh, you got it. I knew there was something in there. Um... Aisha's parents still had to work that day, so she and her brother spent the day at their aunt's house, who lived in the same neighborhood. They attended basketball practice and held uh, a game on Saturday the 12th. Unfortunately, they didn't win their game on Saturday, and Aisha was very upset about the loss. She cried with her teammates, but seemed to cheer up somewhat by the time of her uh, brother's game. Poor baby. Oh my gosh, I keep paging down. I somehow, like, exited out of the entire thing and then, like, minimized it. I don't know what I was doing. LOL. Weird hotkeys on these things that I don't even know how to do, so. Well, I have a new computer. I don't know what your excuse is. <laughs> There's no excuse. Just stupid. <laughs> you stupid bitch. Look at these buttons. <laughs> I am so bad at technology, okay? As we already know and we've seen before in a lot of different aspects. So, period. Sis. Dobby. Dobby. Uh, on Sunday, April 13th, Aisha and her brother went to church from their aunt's house and returned home to their house around 8 p.m. Um, that night, the children went to bed, and about an hour later, the power went out in the neighborhood due to a car accident. They ran into the electric line? Yeah. Okay. That happens. It's happened, it happened in the church one time. We, I was at school when that happened. That's awesome. Yeah. The power line was, like, outside of the school, too, so it, like, was caught like, on fire. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, get it, It was crazy. Um, so the power returned at 12.30 a.m. Harold went to go check on his children to make sure they were right, uh, and they were both still asleep in their beds. He checked on the children again at 2.30 before going to bed. Bro, you gotta work tomorrow. You going to bed at 2.30? Yeah, what, what is his work shift? I don't know. I didn't look up what he actually did. Then again, me and Savannah stayed up until, like, midnight last night, and then I didn't fall asleep until almost yeah, 2. You don't woke up to work. That's true. I did go back to sleep after I fed Savannah <laughs> as her houseboy. <laughs> Chris is a houseboy. Yeah, apparently I'm her houseboy. <laughs> I'm not the sex. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> In my dreams? Her dreams. Her dream, maybe. No, she's got the Jack she's Hammer got, 9000. She, she had knee dreams. <laughs> she's, got the, she's got the Jack Hammer 9000. That's the title of her episode, just Jack Hammer 9000. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, so he checked on them. They were still in their beds at that time. Uh, shortly after Harold's check-in, O'Brien heard his sister's bed squeak and assumed that she was tossing in her sleep. But apparently around this time, she got out of bed and grabbed her backpack that had been packed with clothing and personal items. She left the house. 
Between three, How old is she? She's nine. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay. Between 3.45 and 4.15 a.m., a motorist saw her walking down the highway south, uh, Highway 18, wearing a long-sleeved white T-shirt and white pants, just north of the junction with Highway 180. The motorist reported this to the police after seeing the police report on uh, their television. Uh, they turned their car around to get her attention, stating that it was strange for such a young girl to be out walking at that hour. At 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. I would have done the exact same thing. I'd be like, um, I need to do something, but I'm not going to be that stranger that shows up and be like, girl, can I get help you? Get in this you? car! Yeah. Because I, mean, like, I understand that strangers rolling up on someone being like, first of all, anyone. And second of all, like, I mean, that's a child. I mean, a child? No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, that's terrifying, but... Someone needs to do something about it. Yeah. It's also 2000. Yeah. That's not that long ago. It's not. At least whenever I used to travel places, I would travel in packs with a bunch of my oh, fr- like neighborhood a lot friends. Of the tweens. The, yeah. Little kids. Um, so the motorist reported this to the police, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Degree noticed that she was being followed and ducked into the woods at the roadside. Oh, Lord. Uh, it was raining that morning and she became very hard to see from the roadside. 5.45 a.m., Akila woke up and went about readying her children for school. She drew them a bath and went to their room at 6.30 a.m. Wait, she only got three hours of sleep? No, this is the mom. Oh, The sorry. dad went to bed at 2.30. Yeah. Uh, she began to panic because Asha was missing. Asha was missing. I keep saying Asha. It's Asha. But it's spelled A-S-H-A. That's understandable. Asha. Uh, she searched the house and the vehicles and could not find her. She told Harold, and he suggested that maybe Asia had gone over to his mother's house, who lived across the street. Akila called the house, and her sister-in-law said that uh, Asha was not Asia was not with them. Akila called her mother, and I and ran out in the morning to search for Asha. Asha, <laughs> you'll get it eventually. Her mother called the police for her. Six forty a.m. The police are the first to arrive on the scene. Uh, police dogs are called to the scene, but they couldn't pick up on Aisha's scent. Akila went through the neighborhood calling for Aisha, which woke up most of the neighbors by 7 a.m. Friends, family, and neighbors canceled their plans for the day and assisted the police in the search. Bitch, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, I'm going to go out looking at this person. <laughs> That's good for them in that neighborhood. Well, it's rural, too. So, I mean, it's a small town. Yeah. There. Exactly. It's essentially shirts. Yeah. Like, let's go out and hunt the town. Yeah. Uh, the church pastor and the clergyman went to the home of Aisha to offer comfort. By the end of the day, all that had been found was a mitten, which Akila said did not belong to her daughter because none of her winter clothing, clothing was missing. Um, and April in North Carolina is not going to be it's terribly not gonna be warm. Freaking, but it's, it's also not going to be cold. cold. It's not gonna, I don't think mitten weather. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know North Carolina weather. Um, I know February in Canada is... You're that's gonna die the dead. If you don't go well, that's the coldest part of, of Texas too. Well, coldest January and February. It's still winter technically, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the heart of winter. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Jesus, Lord. Um, on the following day, <laughs> uh, candy wrappers, a pencil, and a marker, a Mickey Mouse shaped hair bow were all discovered in a shed near a business located on a highway where Asia had gone missing. Akila and Harold identified the bow as belonging to Asia. Wait, okay, sorry. I'm going to have to backtrack here. So this person who followed her at 4 o'clock in the morning on that day... Gave up. But did he call the police? Yes. So the police knew... After he saw it on television. Oh, so he hasn't even told the police yet. 
He didn't tell the police when he saw her that early in the morning. No. Bitch, why? <laughs> okay. Anyways, continue. Ghosts. Sorry. Um. Bless you. Bless you. We're Bless trying you. to record a podcast here. <laughs> Uh, it was the only evidence that dis- they discovered of Asia in the initial search. 900 or 9,000 man hours, two to three mile radius over a week. Wow. After Bitch, where did this little girl go? After the, the search, County Sheriff Dan Crawford called the search off, but urged the media to keep the story alive. Mm-hmm. February 22nd, Crawford called in the FBI and the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigations, placing Asha Asha on the database for missing children. From Akilah's count of things missing from Asha's room, investigators believed that she had been planning the departure for some days. SBI agent- A nine-year-old. Like, I understand that, like, I'm sure we all, when we were kids, maybe I didn't, but I know that my sister did, always threatened to, like, leave home and would, like, walk down the street and be like, oh! scared and then like come back like how does a nine-year-old be like yep this is what i need this is what i need to like take all these little things like bye-bye like which leads me to some conclusions that i'll share i think that someone was coercing coercing her coercing her coercing her her. Um, call back to first episode (laughs) season one bitches (laughs) um so sbi agent bart burpo noted that she was not a typical runaway Another expert noted that she was quite young to be a runaway, as the average age for a runaway is usually around 12. FBI agreed that there was lack of issue for her runaway. There was no sign of dysfunction in the family or poor academic performance. Uh, Without further reasoning, they ultimately had to chalk this up to this cause. I mean, it seemed like they had a very stable family life. There was Mm -hmm. two people in the house. I'm not saying that uh, families, single household families are not, like, stable, but I'm just saying that, like... There was two figures on both sides that were there. I mean, from, income. from the outside uh, perspective, there was no problems. There was no problems. Exactly. Um, however, they did believe that she had either gotten off track or had been abducted. Mm-hmm. Uh, media brought the story to national news. It appeared on the Montel Show, Oprah, and America's Most Wanted. This is 2000. 2000. I don't remember this at all. That would have been eight, so I guess I don't. But that also got masked very fast after that by 9-11. Yeah. I felt like I might have heard about it when my mom was watching Oprah or something. Mm. Um, Maybe. But I don't really remember. No. Uh, Which is my main concern about this entire story. Yeah. Uh, Nothing was found until August 3rd, 2001. Aisha's backpack was discovered at a construction project off of Highway 18 in Burke County near Morganton. How far away is that? About 26 miles north of Shelby. It was wrapped in plastic bags and buried. So someone was hiding something. The worker who found the bag said that it contained Aisha's name and phone number. FBI took it to headquarters for forensic analysis, but the results have never been released. To this date, it is the last evidence discovered in Aisha's case. So there was potentially DNA or fingerprints on this, and the FBI just did nothing with it. The case is still open. So they did nothing with it. <laughs> yeah. In October of 2018, FBI confirmed the backpack contained a copy of Dr. Seuss's McElligot's Pool and a New Kids on the Block t-shirt, neither of which was ever noted in the degree home, but the book did appear to be from Aisha's elementary school. It was a teacher. I don't know. 2015, FBI, County Sheriff, and the SBI announced that they were re-examining the case and re-interviewing witnesses. 
They announced the reward of $25,000 for le uh, any info leading to the arrest and conviction of persons or persons responsible for her disappearance. In May 2016, they announced that the re-examination had led to a lead. Uh, the information disclosed that Asia may have been seen getting into an early 1970s model uh, Lincoln Continental Mark IV, or possibly a Thunderbird from the same era. September 2017, FBI... Which, if she's... Sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. Well, this is not anything new. <laughs> if you listen to season one. Um, but if this is a rural town, that means she's... It's probably someone she knows. Yeah. She, it's someone that she recognizes, someone that she has seen, someone she's interacted with. That they're like, hey, let me take you home, baby. And she does not go home. Yep. Ugh! Uh, September 2017, FBI announced that the Child Abduction Rapid Deployment Team was in Cleveland County to, pro to provide, quote, on-the-ground investigative technical behavioral analysis and analytical support to find out more about what happened to Asia. They meet, quote, several times a month to go over the latest on the investigation. Since September 2017, over 300 interviews have been conducted. A little, a little late. September 2017. She went missing in 2000. And they're like, oh, yeah, we meet multiple times a month. Bitch, you should have been meeting multiple times a month back in, in December 2000. of 2000. 2000. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>! <laughs> to this day, Asia has never been found, and no further evidence has been discovered since 2001. The degrees have not given up hope of finding their daughter. At this point, she'd be 29 years old. 20 years have passed. Akila has pictures of Aisha decorating the house, even the age progression photos to show what she might look like today. She says, quote, I fully expect her to walk through the door, she says in a 2013 interview. She is saddened and upset by the fact that the disappearance has not gotten as much media attention over the years as other cases. She believed that it was because Aisha was black. Yeah. Quote, missing white children get more attention. I don't understand why. I know if you ask them, they will say it's not racial. Oh, really? It is. I'm not going to argue because I have common sense, she stated. And she's still missing. So, As we see nowadays, it totally was racial. You cannot even argue that aspect. Um, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, we see it every single day. A white person goes missing. We saw it with this, the same case around the same time was uh, uh, Casey, Kaylee Anthony and mm -hmm. also... Um, uh, John Benet Ramsey, like these cases happen very. John Benet Ramsey was murdered. They found her body. Okay, but but there was a, there was a witch massive, hunt. There was a witch hunt. There was a witch hunt exactly, because and that was, was only what ball. a year year prior, like four years. Okay, wait, I thought it was in 1998. No, she died in 96. Oh, my bad. Okay, well it was close. Okay, uh, and then Kaylee Anthony was 2001 or 2002, right? Three, I think. Okay, but these are all cases that are, are in relatively close timelines. And it was a witch hunt. For yeah. both of those cases, it was a massive, like, media attention, media hound. This happened in 2000. Bitch, where's, where's justice for Asia? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and the mom, the fact that she was even just like, I know it's because I'm black, but, like, I'll just, like, keep my mouth shut about that. Like, that is so fucked yeah. up. It's sad. It's so fucked up in our frigging country. Yeah. Um <sighs> I definitely think she was abducted. Mm -hmm. I think somebody that she knew said, you know, come out at, come out early in the morning and we'll have like a, a party in the woods, just, mm -hmm. just you and me. And we're going to read books and stuff. So bring a book that you like or something like that. Well, so the book wasn't from, 
Well, then again, we don't know if that. Well, she didn't. Did she check? We, okay, so in shirts, we would know if they got checked out from the library. I think that if there was no indication they got checked out from the library by uh, uh, Asia, then I think that there was someone at the school that worked worked there, got the book from the library, and took her. Well, there's no evidence to say that she didn't check it out. I didn't okay. find that anywhere. Okay. So she could have checked it out. That's true. And a Dr. Seuss book for a nine-year-old is about right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that when she went to her aunt's house and all those basketball practices and basketball uh, games, games mm -hmm. and then she went to church, maybe somebody from one of those two places said but it's a small town there could have been all sorts of intersectionality could have been a teacher that was at all of those i don't know yeah so if you find if you have any information about asia still asia open degree, it's still open contact the fbi they're still yeah. looking for her. so still waiting uh and that's my spoopy story yay spoopy stories we love things we love to get angry about things you know what i don't like to be angry about um would it be finding uh, contracts to people to get stuff done at your job? It is. I like to think our sponsor, Economy Works. <laughs> oh, I love Economy Works. It, the, economy Works is a freelance talent network that helps connects. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! A freelance talent. <laughs> Let me start again. Uh, economy Works is a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms. Economy Works has a extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com uh, at E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S dot com. Let me tell you about another one of my favorite websites. It's uh, Let's Talk, talk about, about Gay Stuff. stuff. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about gay stuff. Our sister podcast, where they reveal today's information about yesterday's gay stuff. Yesterday's gay stuff. Yeah. Well, they look it up today they, about yesterday. And then they were like, oh, let's go back. So if you want to learn about some gay history, especially during this Pride Month, which is the most important time to learn it. Honestly. Uh, check them out. That's Let's talk about gay stuff at Instagram. Let's talk about gay stuff on Facebook. Talk gay stuff on uh, Twitter. Um, and you can always email them at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. But a listen. we didn't plug ourselves. We only talked about our sassy hour, which happens on facebook.com. But uh, let's plug our spoopy podcast. Uh, our spoopy podcast. Our spoopy podcast. The media that you're listening to right now that you're enjoying intensely, mm -hmm. that's on our spoopy podcast.com. Our spoopy podcast on Instagram. Our spoopy pod. Our, our spoopy on Twitter. Twitter. And our spoop on Facebook. Here you go. Drop us a line on ourspoopypodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always listen. We come out on Sundays. Yeah, we do. We come out on Sundays and we have Rupee that comes out sometime, sometime during, the during the week. Whenever we decide that we're going to get together and record. Uh, also, I just want to mention, because I think that a lot of people are very concerned. Again, me and Spencer are very um, adamant and paying very close attention to social distancing guidelines. Um, I do not go anywhere besides his house and my home um, and to H-E-B when I need to. And Spencer does not go anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> so we are not, we are practicing social distancing guidelines to bring you guys entertainment all the time uh, to ensure that the safety of everyone on our staff and listen work staff um, and uh, so the let's talk about gay stuff podcast um, and to ensure that we are being safe for ourselves as well so yeah. um, let me tell you about the hand soap that I bought <laughs> I didn't actually buy any 
my mom's neighbor, <laughs> Amanda, shout out to Amanda, bought me eight things of hand soap. I love that. I need to show you my stock. I have three uh, three giant things of Clorox wipes that I've been doing everything with, so See, I'm okay I with like that. The wipes. I, I like I the wipes, actually. The, I gotta have, what are you doing? Drag is on. Oh, okay. Uh -oh. We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta we, we, we gotta go. Right. Get moving with it. Get moving with it. Bye, girls. Bye. <laughs>